सो टुडे वी आर गोइंग टू टॉक अबाउट द एटकॉम ऑफ फार्माकोलॉजी सो इन एटकॉम ऑफ परफेक्ट फार्माकोलॉजी वी हैव मॉड्यूल नंबर टू पॉइंट वन टू पॉइंट टू टू पॉइंट थ्री सो द मॉड्यूल टू पॉइंट वन इज फाउंडेशन ऑफ कम्युनिकेशन टू सो वी हैव द फर्स्ट क्वेश्चन हेयर स्टेट फ्यू एसेंशियल एलिमेंट्स ऑफ कम्युनिकेशन इन मेडिकल इनकाउंटर्स इन अकॉर्डेंस टू द कैलमजू कंसेंस स्टेटमेंट सो कम्युनिकेशन इन मेडिकल एनकाउंटर्स इन्वॉल्व बिल्डिंग रिलेशनशिप विद द पेशेंट अ स्ट्रॉग थेरापूटिक एंड इफेक्टिव रिलेशनशिप इज एब्सोल्यूटली नेसेसरी फॉर इफेक्टिव फिजिशियन पेशेंट कम्युनिकेशन एसेंशियल एलिमेंट्स अकॉर्डिंग टू द कैलमाजू कंसेंस स्टेटमेंट इन्वॉल्व ओपनिंग द डिस्कशन गैदरिंग इन्फॉर्मेशन understanding the patient perspective sharing information reaching an agreement on problems and plans and providing closure so the first thing is opening up the discussion allow the patient to complete his or her own opening statement establish a personal connection with the patient second gathering information use open ended and close ended questions appropriately actively listen using non verbal for example eye contact and verbal words of encouragement techniques third understanding the patient's perspective that is explore contextual factor for example family culture gender age socioeconomical status spirituality explore beliefs concerns and expectations about health and illness fourth thing is sharing information use language the patient can understand check for understanding encourage questions reaching an agreement on problems and plans the thing in this is encourage the patient to participate in the decision to the extent he or she desires check the patient's willingness and ability to follow the plan and the fifth thing is uh, sixth thing is providing closure summarize and affirm agreement with the plan of action and discuss the follow up for example when is the next visit plan for an expected outcomes of the treatment and things like that the next question we have is uh, what is communication what are types of communication discuss the importance of efficient communication in healthcare settings so first we have to write the definition of communication so communication is a process by which information and understanding is exchanged between individuals by any effective means types of communications are verbal non verbal and written so the verbal communication involves the use of spoken words or sign language to share the information it can either happen face to face or through other channels such as mobile 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 phone and video conferencing the second mode of communication is non verbal non verbal communication involves passive communication through the use of gestures tone of voice body language and facial expressions to share your thoughts and feelings it also involves communicating through the way you dress and the third type of communication is written communication written communication includes communicating through writing typing printing it is done through channels such as letters text messages emails social medias and books importance of efficient communication in healthcare settings an example of uh, an efficient communication enables healthcare provider to establish rapport with the uh, patient and work effectively with the all members of the healthcare team providers can help patient feel heard ease their fears and encourage them to disclose relevant information third point is clear honest and empathetic communication between patient and provider minimizes understanding and paves the way for accurate diagnosis and treatment decision fourth point is moreover it also helps the healthcare provider to reveal sensitive information regarding the treatment outcomes to the patient and relatives the fifth point is in terms of patient counseling for various psychiatric disorder effective communication plays a very important role and the sixth point is furthermore a sense of trust is established between the patient and physician which is essential for patient well being 
सो वी हैव कवर्ड मॉड्यूल टू ऑफ एट फार्माकोलॉजी and now we move on to module 2.2 the fundam the foundations of bioethics the first question we uh we have here is describe and discuss the role of non maleficence as guiding principle in the patient care so first we have to write the introduction the principle of non maleficence requires healthcare provider to not intentionally create a harm or injury to the patient either through acts of commission or omission that is doing something or not doing something role of non maleficence in patient care the first point we have is physicians mu- physicians must refrain from acting with malice towards the patient second point is the guiding principle of primum non nocere uh, that is first of all do no harm is found in the hippocratic oath third point is an act of omission means some action could have been done to avoid the harm but wasn't done and an act of commission is something actually done that resulted in harm the fourth point is the benefit of any treatment intervention must be balanced against the harm and is considered ethical only if benefit outweighs fifth point is physicians should not provide ineffective treatments to patient as these offer risk with no possibility of benefit and thus have a chance of harming patient the next point we have is an informed consent must be always provided to the patient and it is the physician's duty to explain him or her all the possible risk and benefit associated so that the patient can choose the right treatment option the seventh point is breaking confidentiality by releasing information that becomes harmful to the patient also violates the principle of non maleficence and is considered unethical the eighth point is certain issues around withholding or withdrawing life support extraordinary measures and death with dignity must involve considerations regarding further harm to the individual yes now the next question is describe and discuss the role of autonomy and shared responsibility as a guiding principle in patient care autonomy and shared responsibility the principle of autonomy states that every individual should have the power to make rational decisions and moral choice and each should be allowed to exercise his or her capacity to self determination so we have role of autonomy in patient care as uh, according to the law autonomy upholds the right of individual to make decisions about their own health care second point is uh respect for autonomy requires that patient to be told truth about their condition and be informed about the risk and benefit of the treatment third point is autonomy forms the basis of informed consent from the patient fourth point is an ethical surety is that the physician or any other healthcare profession professional cannot make a unilateral healthcare decision without consent of the competent adult Fifth point is however the physician should not neglect his or her responsibility to deliver all the necessary guidance to the patient then a deliberative approach should be followed and patient must be empowered to participate in the making uh, decision making process the next point is the principle of autonomy does not extend to the person who lack the capacity or competence to act autonomously for example includes infants and children and incompetence due to developmental mental or physical disorder In such cases a parent or legal guardian or a surrogate takes the decision in collaboration with the healthcare provider while autonomy is usually compulsory there are certain instances where a personal autonomy has to be sacrificed for the well-being of the large number of people that is when the patient decision is impacting community health adversely on a large scale for example covid-19 patient refusing isolation in this condition the physician must overrule the autonomy of the patient and act in a particular manner 
the next question we have is describe and discuss role of beneficence of a guiding principle in patient care so the first point we have is the principle of beneficence is the obligation of physician to act for the benefit of patient and supports a number of moral moral rules to protect and defend the right of others prevent harm remove conditions that will cause harm help persons with disabilities and rescue persons in danger it is worth emphasizing that in distinction to the non maleficence the language here is one of the positive requirements the principle calls for not just avoiding harm but also to benefit patients and to promote their welfare while physician's beneficence confirms to the moral rules and is altruistic it is also true that in many instances it can be considered a payback to or for the debt to society for education ranks and privileges and to the patient themselves yes the next point is the principle is at the very heart of healthcare implying that a suffering supplicant that is the patient can enter into a relationship with one whom society has license as competent to provide medical care trusting that the physician's chief objective is to help the goal of providing benefit can be applied both to individual patient and to good of the society as a whole for example the good health of a particular patient is an appropriate goal of medicine and the prevention of disease through research and employment of the vaccine is the same goal expanded to the population at large the next point in the beneficence as a guiding principle is uh, one clear example exists in healthcare where the principle of beneficence is given priority over the principle of respect for the patient autonomy this example comes from the emergency medicine when the patient is incapacitated by the grave nature of accident or illness we presume that the reasonable person would want to be treated aggressively and we rush to the we rush to provide a beneficent intervention by stemming the bleeding mending the broken and suturing the wounded in this culture when the physician acts from the benevolent spirit in providing beneficent treatment that in the physician's opinion in the best interest of the patient without consulting the patient or by overriding the patient's wishes is considered to be paternalistic The last point we have is the most clear-cut case of justified paternalism is seen in the treatment of suicidal patients who are a clear and present danger to themselves. Here the duty of beneficence requires that a physician intervene on behalf of saving the patient's life or placing the patient in a protective environment. In uh in the belief that patient is compromised and cannot act on his own at the moment. as always the facts of this case are extremely important in order to make a judgment that autonomy of the patient is compromised describe and discuss role of justice as a guiding principle in patient care so the first point we have is justice is generally interpreted as fair equitable and appropriate treatment of persons of several categories of justice uh the one that is most pertinent to sorry describe and discuss role of justice as a guiding principle in patient care so the first point is justice is generally interpreted as fair equitable and appropriate treatment of persons of the several categories of justice the one that is most pertinent to clinical ethics is distributive justice distributive justice refers to the fair equitable and appropriate distribution of healthcare resources determined by justified norms that structure the terms of social cooperation Justice in healthcare is usually defined as a form of fairness or as Aristotle once said giving to each that which is his due. This implies the fair distribution of goods in society and requires the that we look at the role of entitlement. 
the question of distributive justice also seems to hinge on the fact that some goods and services are in short supply there is not enough to the ground thus some fair means of allocating scarce resources must be determined it is generally held that persons who are equals should qualify for equal treatment this is borne out in the application of medicare which is available to all persons of over the age of 65 this category of persons is equal with respect to the one factor their age but the criteria chosen says nothing about the need of these noteworthy factors about the persons in this category in fact our society uses a variety of factors as criteria for distributive justice including the following to each person an equal share to to each person according to the need to each person according to effort to each person according to contribution to each person according to merit to each person according to free market exchanges now we have describe and discuss the role of physician in healthcare system uh for this we have to go to the pathology section role of physician Uh, now we have model 2.3 healthcare as a right state the importance of healthcare as a right in accordance to the universal declaration of human rights in 1948 the united nations universal declaration of human rights mentioned health as a part of right to an adequate standard of living in article 25 healthcare is defined as efforts made to maintain or restore mental physical or emotional well-being by licensed and trained professionals importance of healthcare as a right includes to address health crisis and alleviate the standard of living among the lower socio-economical population to harness an affordable and uniform medical treatment for all to have transparent and equally health uh, and quality healthcare services throughout to maintain uniform distribution and availability of healthcare delivery at primary secondary and tertiary levels to address the rights of a patient treating him or her with respect and dignity without violating autonomy in any form to address the disparities pertaining to ethnicity sex and gender in the healthcare setup increasing accessibility to everyone to eradicate dubious health services and list out problems associated with medical terrorism to educate people about diverse prevent disease prevention to establish sanitary living conditions and distribution of clean water the next question we have is state the implication for example social and economic uh, economical of uh, healthcare as a right so international con international covenant on economic social and cultural rights no it's international convention the international convention on social economical and cultural rights 1966 stated in article 12 that the implications of healthcare as a right includes the provision for the production Uh, right include the provision for reduction of the stillbirth rate and infant mortality for healthy development of the child the improvement of all aspects of environmental and industrial hygiene the prevention treatment and control of epidemic endemic occupational and other diseases the creation of conditions which assure to all medical service and medical attention in event of sickness 
other implications it lowers the med the healthcare cost for an economy and creates an affordable environment to seek healthcare uniform standard of healthcare can be established throughout it eliminates administrative cost by eliminating need to deal with private insurance the next question we have is what are the missing links and barriers to implementation of healthcare as a universal right the missing links and barriers to implementation of healthcare as a universal right includes higher cost of healthcare in higher cost of healthcare we have the current cost of treatment especially for chronic diseases economically burdens the patient's family at a considerable scale this disables the patient from choosing the best treatment option for him the second point we have is poor quality of healthcare delivery inequitable distribution of qualified healthcare workers and the public sector is perceived as being unreliable of different indifferent quality and generally is not the first choice unless one cannot afford private care the third point we have is commercialization of healthcare biased prescriptions and treatment plans in the private setup which profits the physician or organization is on rise cash for referral practices over testing and over treatment the fourth point we have is non uniform accessibility healthcare facilities are not equally distributed in urban and rural population patients seeking advanced facilities have to overcome geographical barriers so the points we have are the barriers are high cost of healthcare poor quality of care delivery commercialization of healthcare and non uniform accessibility this is all about uh, yeah one question is left the role of a physician that you can write still okay so thank you very much so we'll see you in next Okay, best of luck for tomorrow's paper. Bye.